Let us pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together online. Father, we come before you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And what we know today, not just believe, but what we know today is that you are God above all others. There is no one like you. You said of yourself, if there is any other God, I do not know him. I thank you, Father, that in this day we can come before you as a people who love you, as a people who adore you. We come before you, Father, this day, knowing that by the Holy Spirit, you minister to each and every heart today. I thank you for everyone that is online today. I thank you for every family. I thank you, Father, for every child. I thank you for every parent and every grandparent. I thank you that as we are online today, Father, we can share the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, today as we talk about senseless Christianity, I thank you that this message and this title will remain with your people. And let hulle hierdie titel, Father, in hierdie boodskap sal onthou vir baie jare nog om te kom. En ons dankie, Vader, dat ons harte vandag geswel kan wees in die teenwoordigheid van God. En dat die woord vir ons sal deerkom in hierdie dag in die naam van Jesus Christus, ons Heer en Verlosser en die kampioen van ons geloof. I just want to say that somebody's microphone just came on. If you can just make sure that your microphone is off, please. I'd appreciate it so much. We thank the Lord for His goodness and His kindness and His mercy. Hallelujah. Again, just please make sure that all microphones are off. I did mute them. So I'm not sure what happened in that some of the microphones sometimes does go on while we are going to minister the Word of God. Father, I thank you that this word will find entrance into the hearts of God's people today. Amen and amen. All right, so today we're going to be talking about senseless Christianity. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke chapter 24. Uh, or perhaps if you are watching this broadcast on your, on your laptop, you can then maybe just go to your cell phone um, and look at the scriptures there that I would like to share with you this morning. What we are going to do is talk to you about how in this life we are living in right now in the presence of Almighty God, we need to have a senseless Christianity. <laughs> I think some of you, especially the students who have been with me for a while, I think you possibly have a bit of an idea where I'm going to be going with this today. But in, in, in Luke chapter 24, that is the key scripture that we're going to go to today. I want to read our key scripture and then I'm going to relate the story to you. It's from Luke 24 verse 22. It says, And moreover, some women of our company astounded us and drove us out of our senses. You say, well, maybe these were married guys. No, it's not talking about their wives. All right. This is talking about some of the disciples. Because remember, they were women disciples as well. And here are guys that are referring to the fact that there were these women who drove them basically out of their minds, who actually drove them out of their senses. And that is why this title today is Senseless Christianity. When you look at Luke chapter 24, it is a very odd chapter. And the reason I'm saying that is there's a happening here. There is an experience here in the book of Luke that is not described in the other Gospels. Mark only refers to it by two verses. So it's only really here in Luke chapter 24 that we have this. So it's important for us to look at this. And I find this absolutely fascinating. Those of you who have done the walk to Emmaus, the Emmaus walk, 
you will be quite familiar with this portion. And by the way, those of you who have not done the walk to Emmaus, the Emmaus walk, it's a weekend camp. You need to do it. Once you are um, in this uh, place where the lockdown is finished and we can get out again and we can have these camps. But the Emmaus walk is something that you need to do. You can only do it once though. And there are reasons for it and I can't go, to, go into that this morning. But do the Emmaus camp, the Emmaus walk and you will see. Now in Luke chapter 24, what is happening here is there are two disciples, not part of the eleven. They are two additional disciples of Jesus. And the reason why this is unique. Now watch this. Jesus here, I'm absolutely astounded and amazed again by him. Jesus here is, is, is watching these two guys. He's now in his, now remember, he's in his resurrection body. He's been raised from the dead. And from being raised from the dead, watch this, from being raised from the dead and appearing to his disciples in the, in, in, in the room where they were gathered together, there is this walk on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus watches these two guys as they, are, as they are walking. And what are they doing? They are talking about everything that had happened in Jerusalem. They are talking about the fact that this is what happened to Jesus. And they, they, um, they can't quite understand how he was taken by the authorities, how he was crucified. And, and that's why they said we are out of our senses. Because now these women went to the grave early in the morning and they found that and I like what the Bible says there. It doesn't say, and they didn't find him there. It says, and they didn't find his body there. Because remember, it was only the body that was in that tomb. Jesus wasn't there anymore. So, and this is actual proof of that. So they found the body that morning, or, or rather they didn't find the body that morning, but he wasn't there. He was in his resurrected body. He was raised. It was only the grave wrappings that were in, left in the tomb. So Jesus is walking and these two guys, these two disciples are walking and they're chatting. And they are spending the time talking about the happenings. And Jesus joins them. Now, I love what happens here. It's, it's, it's Jesus is eavesdropping on them in a sense. The way that the scriptures depicted there, Jesus is eavesdropping on these two guys talking. And he says, listen, what are you guys talking about? They say, well, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Uh, where, basically, where have you been? Haven't you seen what happened? Haven't you heard? And he says, what things? So remember, Jesus now, and I watch him as he starts this whole dialogue with these guys. He says, what things? Why? Because he wants them to talk. And now this is where we're going to pick it up. Uh, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is now joining these two guys. Now, what I find interesting in this portion of scripture, it says he caught up with them and he was already accompanying them. In other words, he was there without them knowing it because he was in his invisible body and he appeared to them because Jesus, remember, in your resurrection body, you can appear and disappear. How cool is that? Just by the way, I think that is awesome. But it says here, but their eyes were held so that they did not recognize him. I'm talking about senseless Christianity today. It says here, their eyes were held. The other translation in the New King James says, their eyes were restrained so that they could not and did not recognize him. What does he belong to the boodschap vandag? 
is die feit dat ons moet in een senseless Christ, uh, uh, christenskap leef met ons hier in verlosser Jesus Christus. We, we have to live out a senseless Christianity. I want to take you back for a moment to the book of Genesis. You remember when Adam and Eve were created. Before Eve came onto the scene, the Bible says that, and God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Now, I just want to say again, and I want to use that word. How cool is that? To walk with God in the cool of the day. The cool of the day was probably early morning. And Adam is walking with God. And I'm, I'm reminded of that as I'm reading this. And they are conversing back and forth. Now, I want to say to you, it was at this point where Adam was walking with God, where he was walking senselessly from his natural senses because he was connected to God by his spiritual senses. Now, you need to watch what happens here. Today, I'm talking about senseless Christianity. Adam walked with God without his five natural senses. He was connected with God because he was one with God because he was created in the very image of God. So the communication between the two of them was very, very different than talking to somebody like I'm sharing with you this morning in a physical way. You are seeing my face this morning. I'm seeing some of you and we are conversing. I am I'm doing monologue at the moment, but sometimes we do dialogue where we converse back and forth. But it's with our natural mouth and our natural eyes and ears. But in this time in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, Adam was walking with God in the cool of the day. That is why, watch this, Satan's main scheme was to disconnect Adam from his spiritual senses in his communication with God and bring it down to the natural senses. You go, what? That's exactly what his ploy was. If he could get Adam and Eve... She was still on her way. If he could get them to go down from their spiritual senses into their natural senses, he would get them into a place of a natural environment being, uh, in a sense, controlled by the natural things around them. So you can see that's why he said, he said to them, because God knows that the day that you eat of this, you will be able to discern between good and evil. You see, because at this time, what were they discerning? What, what did Adam discern when he walked with God? He discerned God himself. He knew him in an intimate way. That is why what Jesus, the second Adam, came to do was to bring you back to a place of that intricate intimacy with your heavenly Father God. Hallelujah. The main purpose of Jesus was not just to forgive you of your sins through the, through the blood of the cross, but for you to be reconciled to God so you can live out the kingdom reality of who God is in your earthly life right here and now. Through your, watch this, spiritual senses. So that you can be connected with God from your spirit. Your spirit is alive unto the things of God. Your spirit is alive unto the things of the word. The word is spiritual. When you receive it in your spirit, that's why it transforms your mind. It's by, the, it's by your spirit that your mind is renewed. The reality of God in your spirit renews your mind. Hallelujah. So here it says, their eyes were restrained. Jesus did that on purpose. Watch what he does. 
In verse 22, and moreover, some women of our company astounded us and drove us out of our senses. And they were at the tomb early in the morning. Now watch, they just depicting again what happened. In verse 25, and Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, sluggish in mind, dull of perception, and slow of heart to believe, adhere to, and trust in, and rely on everything that the prophets have spoken. Now watch what he does here. You can see that his intent from the beginning is for man and woman to be personally connected to him. He reiterates it here while he's talking to these two guys on the road to Emmaus. But he calls them foolish. Stephen, he calls them foolish. Shemaine, he calls them foolish. Esther, why does Jesus call these two guys foolish while they are walking, talking about him? You see, many people are talking about Jesus instead of talking to Jesus. They are talking about him in the world. And by the way, there is a huge part of the world that is absolutely terrified right now in what is happening around the world because we are seeing biblical prophecy playing off in front of our eyes by the way whatever you do don't miss next sunday god has laid a message upon my heart for next sunday that is it is smack bang prophetically profound and revelatory in the time that we are in right now but anyway let's come back to our message so jesus says you are actually foolish to these two guys he says to them, they are sluggish in mind. Now, I want to say to you, whatever you do in the days we are in now, you cannot afford to be sluggish in mind. Then he says, what sluggish of mind is? He says, you are dull of perception. Jylle kan nie hierdie goed identificeer nie, want jylle kyk in die natuurlijke arena. You are looking at the natural world around you. I want to say to you, if the natural world is influencing you, you will only always have natural knowledge. But if your spiritual senses are alive unto the things of God, you will receive revelation to override your natural senses and the natural knowledge of this world. Folks, it's time for us as the church of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ to rise above this natural arena and walk supernaturally in the realm of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light and into the kingdom of His Son. Then He says, you are, you are slow of heart to believe. You cannot in these days be slow of heart to believe. Because we need to adhere to and trust in and rely on him who has called us. Verse 28. Then they drew near the village to which they were going. And weet jylle wat nee? As ek kyk na Jesus en ek kyk na die manier wat hy baie keer ge, uh, gereageer het in situasies en wat hy gedoen het. You would agree with me that he was an absolutely fascinating character. Now, there are other places in the New Testament where he did the same thing. Now, you know, when we say to people, are you just acting, man? Are you just acting? He did it, yeah. Now he's, you know what? He did this so well. He should have, should have received the Oscar here. And I'm just playing on words. Don't take that seriously. But you will see what I'm saying here. He is on a platform here and he is performing this, this play in front of these two guys. Because it says... He was acting as if he was going to carry on walking. Why was he acting? Because he knew what was going to happen next. You see, because these two guys, while, while, while he's walking, and I mean, when, when he said to them, what things are you talking about? And they started saying to him, well, the things that happened in Jerusalem. And it says, he started revealing to them the scriptures. 
Die Bijbel sê vir ons daar, he started with the book of Moses. And he started expressing from the time of Moses. He took them through the scriptures. Hy het hulle so overhead headline Bible study gegeer op die pad. How awesome is that to have Jesus himself join you and start preaching the scriptures from Moses all the way from the book of Genesis and Exodus. Jesus takes them through up to where they are that day, but he does a headline sermon. Man, would I have loved to have been Cleopas. That was one of the guys. To have heard that, that mouth speak directly into your spiritual hearing. Oh man, that's what they heard. And it says they drew near the village and he acted as if he, were, as if he was going to carry on walking. Now watch what these two guys do. But they urged and insisted, saying to him, remain with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. He knew this was going to happen. I want to say to you, when Jesus comes, when he's in town, so to speak, when he moves in, when he walks into your room, when he comes and sits with you, we know the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. I know that, but I want you to picture just this scenario. Jesus himself appears to them. Jesus himself appears to you and he comes and he ministers to you. Would you want to go anywhere? Would you be looking at your watch at that time? Amen, sir. Jesus himself comes sit in your studierkamer. He comes sit saam met you op your bed. I want to say to you that my cell phone at that particular time will really be off. Not just flight mode. <laughs> it will be off. Because when the creator of man's first breath, the one who breathed life into you by his spirit, the one who brought you into his kingdom, the one who salvaged you, the one who saved you, the one who drew you out to make you his own, the one who inscribed you on the palms of his hands. It's him I'm talking about today. When he comes, everything else goes. You see, I do believe that we are far too busy. Far too busy for him. You see, the extent of your revelation and acceptance of kingdom realities, the measure of that is going to be determined of how willing you are to let the things go that's going on around you and just hook onto Him with everything that you've got. Just hold on to Him. So these two guys saying, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You're not going to carry on walking. Why? Because of what you, I'm just paraphrasing here, what you've just shared with us, what you've just done now in our, on the inside of us, in us, we want more of you. And I want to say this morning to all of us, more of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. More of you in our lives. I don't want him to carry on walking. I want him to stay with me. To come and make his abode there. So he says, as they say, remain with us. And he went in and he stayed with them. Hallelujah. When he comes into the house, everything changes. Do you realize that the whole atmosphere of that house changed? And it occurred that as he reclined at table with them, he took a loaf of bread. Uh-oh, here's something coming. 
And he praised God and gave thanks and asked a blessing and then broke it and was giving it to them. Wendy, what happened here? What happened here? Jesus now sits down with these two guys. Imagine Jesus again in your room, breaking bread just with you. It says, and he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. He asked a blessing and he gave it to them. There's only one thing that can happen. When Jesus breaks bread and he gives you a piece of it. Because now their minds go back. Do you remember there was a time where Jesus broke the bread and he broke the fish. And he looked up to heaven and he said this prayer, Father, I thank you that you hear me. And that you always hear me. And I believe that the prayer that Jesus prayed here was not very different to that prayer when he fed the thousands. When he broke the bread, they recognized him. When their eyes were instantly opened and they clearly recognized him and he vanished, he departed invisibly. Hold on a minute. It says when their eyes were instantly opened and they recognized him, he disappeared. So what happened here? Jesus in his essence, in his resurrection body, was now revealed to them. Why? Mensa, Leister. Why did Jesus wait until he broke the bread and served them communion only after that, that he opened their eyes. You see, it was up to him to open their eyes so that they could see. Folks, you remember last week when we spoke, I said to you, and I, I referred to that scripture just quickly. And I said, I don't want to preach it now because of the fact that it's still coming. And you are in it this morning. And I want to share it with you. And I want to quickly go to the gospel of John. And I'm going to share a scripture with you. And I want to show you. That it is so important to stick with Jesus during these hours and these days and these weeks that we are in right now. Die feit van die saak is, die tijd is kort. It is true that the time is short, folks. We need to be so alive unto the things of God. Watch the scripture that I want to share with you. It's in John 17 and verse 3. Jesus is speaking and he says, and this is eternal life. Eternal life. Folks, listen, it's not being in heaven one day with Jesus. That's only the benefit of eternal life. Jesus now expresses the identification and explanation of eternal life. What is the ewige lewe vandag zijn? What is the ewige lewe? And this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with and to understand you. And Jesus is referring now to the Father. You the only true and real God. And likewise to know him. Jesus as the Christ. The anointed one. The Messiah whom you have sent. And you cannot know Jesus with your natural senses. This natural world is not going to depict the living Christ to you. Jy kan Jesus slechts ken in jou geest. 
en die verstand wat hernieuwe is. It's only your spirit and the renewed mind, the mind of Christ, who understands the things of God and who understands God himself. You say, well, can I understand my father? That's what it says. But it's when Jesus opens your eyes to see it. Remember Ephesians also speaks about that, that, that the eyes of our spirit our understanding may be what? Enlightened, full of light, illuminated. You <laughs> see, the measure by which your spiritual eyes and your spiritual senses are enlightened, it's to that measure that you're going to receive the revelation of who God is. I know this is a deep message this morning. Some of you perhaps will have to just take this, go through it again. But when the eyes of your understanding, your spiritual insight is enlightened and illumined, the, the revelation of Father and Jesus by the Holy Spirit is going to be revealed to you. That's why they come and make their abode with you. Johan, but what is this contingent upon? What, what are the requirements? Um, wh what should I do in order for this to be a reality in my life? is complete submission unto him. But now, when you look at Matthew chapter 11, these are scriptures that I didn't put on the screen. You can just make a note of this. I know many of you make notes as we minister these sermons online. Matthew 11 and verse 27. Listen, it says, All things, Jesus speaking again, have been entrusted and delivered to me by my Father, and no one fully knows and understands and accurately understands the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father except the Son. Watch now the next line. And anyone to whom the Son deliberately wills to make him known. Oh my goodness. Watch. Matthew eleven twenty seven says, No one really fully understands and comprehends and accurately discerns the Father or the Son, but only him or her to whom the Son deliberately reveals him. Mense, dis ook om baie kere waar ons in luister net na my hart vandag, waar preke afgestuur word, Maar ons weet, die preke is nie gefundeer en geanker in die gees van wie God is nie. There is not a spiritual enlightenment. It's merely just text. It's merely just the letter. It's not the living word. And you know the difference because on the inside of you, God has placed his spirit and it's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives you discernment through your spiritual senses, not your natural senses. Never look for God in your natural senses. Always connect with Him in your spiritual senses. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Why? Because it's connected to your spirit. So when Jesus broke the bread, he only revealed himself to them so their eyes were opened after he served communion so that they could see he was the living Christ. 
he was revealed to them in his essence of his person. They said to one another, now watch this. Sally Ann, he says, and they said to one another, were not our hearts greatly moved and burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and as he opened and explained to us the sense of the scriptures. Their hearts burned on the inside of them. Johan, how do I know that I've really received the word of God? Because in your spiritual senses, in your spirit, in your heart that's alive unto God, it will burn on the inside of you. And you'll just want more and more and more of Him. Why? Because we should never read the scriptures to preach sermons. We should read the scriptures to get to know Him intimately, intricately, indefinitely, eternally. Get to know Him. Because the more you get to know Him here, the more when you are with Him and you are in His intimate presence, when you are released from this earthly body, this confines of the flesh, this fleshly tent that you are walking in, when you are released from this and you are in His presence, you are going to realize His person and who He is when you see Him and you behold His splendor and His beauty, how much He was already revealed in and through His Word by the Spirit in your heart. Dus kom ek jylle wil vraag vandag. Die Engels is, I implore you today. Get to know Him. Paul the Apostle said, after many years of ministry, he didn't say that I may pray better, that I may do more things for other, others better, that I may worship more deeper. He didn't say that. Paul the Apostle the apostle of the New Testament, the apostle of faith, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and enlightenment by the Spirit, said that I may know Him. That I may know Him. That I may perceive Him. That I may adapt to Him. That I may recognize Him. That I may understand Him. That's what the word to know means in the New Testament. To perceive to recognize, to adapt to, and to understand. Yes, you can understand your father, and your father wants you to understand him. That's why he desires intimacy with you. So their hearts burned on the inside of them. Verse 38, and he said to them, why are you disturbed and troubled? And why do such doubts and questionings arise in your hearts? You say, you want, what is Jesus talking about here? Jesus now he leaves these two guys where he was spending this time with them, having communion in their house. And he appears to the disciples, the 11 that is gathered in this room. And he says to them, why are you disturbed and troubled? And why do such doubts and questionings arise in your hearts? This is after he's arrived there. This is after he pitches up and he just appears in the midst of them. And what is the atmosphere you want in this room what is the atmosphere where these disciples are it is the atmosphere where a lot of people are finding themselves in this world right now it's an atmosphere of fear it's an atmosphere of guilt it's an atmosphere of condemnation it's an atmosphere of judgment it's an atmosphere of shame you see they were in the gutter of guilt and in the sewer 
of shame, in the jail of judgment, in the confines of condemnation, and in the funnel of fear. That's where the disciples were. Why? Because they all deserted him. Except, the God, except John. And it says that in the Gospel of John. John was the only one at the crucifixion. The rest left him. And Jesus didn't appear in their midst and say to them, You bunch of scoundrels. You know what? I thought I could trust you. I chose you to trust you. But you all deserted me. You see, because the heart of Jesus, no matter how he has been laid down, no matter how many have deserted him, he comes in and he says to them, Peace be unto you. My peace I give to you. He's in their midst and he gives, he gives them what? He gives them peace. Because those five things that they are finding themselves under, Jesus overrides it. Because they're experiencing that in the natural arena. You see, they were operating according to their senses. And Jesus wanted them to have senseless Christianity. Senseless Christianity removed away from the senses of the world and connected by the senses of the Spirit. He says, why do questionings arise in your heart and doubts? Kijk wat doen Jesus nou, Shomain? Hy sê, see my hands and see my feet, that it is I myself, and handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Because the disciples were in disbelief, the only reality they understood at that time was the physical reality, the census reality. They were operating according to their senses. So Jesus now goes down to that level. And he says, all right now, you guys are doubting. It wasn't just Thomas. Arme Thomas, let us vandag nog steeds na hom verwees as ongeloovige Thomas. What about the rest of them? The other ten were also unbelieving. And Jesus says, touch me and handle me and feel me that it is I. And then he says to them, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see me have. So you mean your, your, new, your new body, your resurrection body is going to have flesh and bones? Oh yeah. But it's going to be able to move at incredible speeds and you can appear and disappear. Your, your resurrection body, guys, I want to say it's something to die for. <laughs> because you have to die to get it. But once you're in that body, you only operate by spiritual senses. But I want to ask you, why wait until you get there? Why not make that a reality now? By removing yourself from being so enamored and so impacted by the natural senses and start being impacted in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Live in the spirit. Move in the spirit. Connect with the spirit. Come alive in the things of the spirit. And the things of the world will not be able to put its hooks into you. And I want to say to you this morning. As I'm closing that those of you who are in your household, mense wat onder jou dak leef, sal jy nie graag wil hee, laat allemaal van julle 
en daar die geestesdimensie begin leef nie. Where you are removed from the senses of the world and you start living senseless <laughs> Christianity, Bible Christianity, living word Christianity, alive in the spirit Christianity. I want to go there. I, 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 I want to be there. I want my spiritual eyes to be opened. Again, Luke 24, 31. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. You see, once Jesus, oh, you need to get this. This one, this one is for all of you out there. Anna Marie, this is for you. Ian, this is for you. Marie, Marty, here is for you. The moment Jesus opened their spiritual eyes and they had a revelation of who he was, he disappeared from them physically because the spiritual reality would now stay with them forever. It's not that they didn't need his physical presence any longer, but the spiritual revelation is his inner presence constantly. That's why Jesus, six times in the Gospel of John, referred to the Holy Spirit when he comes he will be with you forever. He will be your comforter. He will be your counselor. He will be your advocate. He will be your helper. He will be your standby. I want to say these are the days of the Spirit. Rise up in the Spirit in these days. Be strong. Be confident. Be secure. Be settled forever on the truth of God's Word that you can walk in the reality of the Spirit of God every single day of your life. And I say unto you, Amen and Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that this message ministered to your heart. I pray that this message of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, operating in the Spirit, will stay with you. And that you will realize as a born-again child of God, you need to walk in senseless Christianity. Let your mind be blown and let the mind of Christ come in. And operate in the mind of Christ. By the way, if you are interested in walking more in this kind of reality in the spirit. There is a course that I teach called the, the power of transformation. And there I knew Carol was going to give a big smile. The power of transformation. Those of you who have done it, the smiles will always be there. It is a course that we teach. I teach it online. To help you for your mind to be renewed in this way. And for you to walk in spirit reality. For you to walk in your Christ emotions. Not your emotions that you got from your family. How to cut the family tree off. And to walk in the vine who is Christ. If you want to know more about that. You need to get a hold of me personally. And we will share with you how you can be part of that. We are starting on the 3rd of March. It's a Wednesday night. We are going to start teaching the new course. Um, of power transformation we have finished the other one we are starting the new one on the 3rd of march if you want to know more you can let me know but the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace amen and amen god bless you folks if there's anybody who wants to say hi quickly uh, you are welcome to do that otherwise i will spot you next sunday online again don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be awesome.